Hey, Eric Clay here with Own Your Future. Uh, we're going to talk about how we can help you own your future. Uh, our today's guest is Dakota Riley, and uh, she's a local realtor uh, from the South Shore of Massachusetts. She's probably one of the, the top agents uh, in the area. And so we're going to talk to her about the market, how she helps people and what she sees coming down the road. How's it going, Dakota? Hey, Eric. It's going great. How are you? Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Thanks for coming. Um, we like to talk to some of the best in the industry. And so you're up, definitely up there, uh, building a great team over there at Keller Williams. Uh, so give us a little bit, a bit of a background on you, who you are and what you do and how you help people. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Yeah, my name is Dakota Riley. I'm with the uh, Dependent Dakota team here at uh, Keller Williams in Braintree. I actually got in the market, believe it or not, uh, back when it crashed back in like 07, 08. So this is kind of not that it crashed, not that it's going to crash. We can talk about that a little bit. But um, again, just the fact that we've seen this market correction before. And again, I was brand new, didn't know what I didn't know back then. And now that we've come pretty much full circle, including this whole pandemic market, which nobody ever saw coming or had any idea how to plan for, um, starting to see the cycle repeat. So I'm excited to kind of step in and do everything right this time along the way I did it wrong last time and basically let people know it is still a good time to sell. It is still a good time to buy despite what you might hear with the, uh, the sky is falling. Um, but again, there's a lot of myths and we just kind of stay, stay busy, head down, pencil moving and, and just educate the consumers and help them find a really good place to live or, you know, help them move on to the next chapter and their real estate goals. Yeah, I certainly remember what it was like, you know, a little over 10 years ago where open houses were empty. Um, a little bit of what I'm seeing different is, you know, some open houses are not as busy, but some open houses are still hugely, you know, impacted. Like I had somebody go to an open house this weekend and there was like 30 people in the house and I went to another open house and, you know, three people showed up. So tell us a little bit why one open house in this market is extremely busy and why the other one is almost dead or, you know, people aren't just making offers or don't seem interested in the property at all. I can give you the one answer. It's price. It's absolute. It's price, price, price. People say location, condition, price. It's all price. So we're still, it's it, like I've just talked about before, we haven't been in a comp market at all. It's been a strategy market. So what, when people are getting certain numbers for their house, it's, you're not seeing the behind the curtain. You know what I mean? You're not seeing most offers are around here. And then that one offer comes in like crazy and it gets accepted because it's waived all the contingencies. Now everybody thinks, oh, well, everybody wanted to pay 700 for that house. No, most people probably were offering around 650 and the one guy that offered 700 obviously got it, but you're not seeing the behind the scenes. It wasn't 10 offers for 700. Do you know what I mean? So, but now what we're seeing, and this is what's fascinating, Eric, and I don't think enough people understand this. Literally a year ago, eight months ago, people had no problem seeing a house and offering 75 to a hundred thousand over asking. We were, I, all my listings, I was walking into it. I had 10 offers, 15 offers without even blinking an eye. Asking price was adorable. Like you didn't even ask <laughs> offer asking. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. here's the thing. So that just goes back to the human psyche. People want what they can't have, right? People want what everybody else wants. So nobody was blinking to offer a hundred over. Now, with it, with the inventory ticking up a little bit and all the scariness, literally, I could take a buyer to a house that's been sitting on the market for two weeks and say, "Let's write an offer for twenty thousand less than the asking price." And you know what, Eric? Most of them aren't going to do it. Do you know why? The fear right now—they have more fear of overpaying by paying less than asking because nobody else is offering 
they weren't scared about overpaying when they were writing offers for a hundred thousand over because everybody was doing it. So yeah. that's not a perfect insight to the human psyche and what's going on in this market. It's, it's fascinating. It really is a fascinating human study. So, so that being said, you know, we're talking about sales right now, that being said, with a buyer coming into this market, what are some of the recommendations that you're giving somebody that's new to the market and they're looking to buy a house and, and, and they're not sure what to ask? Uh, or what, what to offer on a house, and they're just not 100% sure going in. What, what kind of advice are you giving these buyers? Well, it's definitely been, like I said, we don't even need to maybe not shift right now for the word, but the, the, the correction. Was it tough as heck? Was it anything we've ever seen before where, like, literally, I mean, to be a buyer, it was, it was hard these past few years. And a lot of these buyers who are still in the market have been in for a while. But it's like we told them before, everybody wanted to wait for the prices to come down, prices to come down. Well, the interest rates have gone up. And as me and you both know, you being in the lending world, it's not about what you pay for the house, it's your mm-hmm. payment, right? Yeah. So a lot of buyers have unfortunately missed a great opportunity to lock in those low, low, low rates. Now, again, you know, we're not, it's not like it's gonna go to the teens or anything right now. Again, nobody has a crystal ball, but it's not horrible. It is, and right now, because the inventory is so low, Technically, we kind of are what you would call a seller's market, right? However, everybody's used to seeing 10, 15 offers back in the day. Now it's not happening. I'm still seeing the same kind of listing prices. So what I tell sellers too is just because you price high, you can price high. That doesn't mean you're overpriced, but it doesn't mean you're overlisted. So the thing for the thing the buyers to look for is if you see a house now that's been sitting for two weeks, three weeks, now's the time to to go in and maybe make your offer that's a little bit lower than um, than the asking. Because here's the other thing that's going to start happening now that hasn't happened in at least three years. Because you start seeing all these price changes. I mean, gosh, we were selling things in 48 to 72 hours. There was no need for a price break. I mean, you could basically just throw something out there with a question mark on it and you were going to get offers. Now yeah. you really have to be strategic. So what I educate the buyers on is, and again, if these sellers come on strong and it's overpriced, we don't necessarily want to go in there guns ablaze and trying to get 50 off the, the, the seller because you got to understand emotions are still involved, right? So when you yep. insult that seller, even though it's not necessarily right, wrong, or indifferent, you got to also, it's, it's real estate, but it's emotions and it's psychology and things like that as well. So for the buyers, if you get the opportunity to go in and you see something sat, still make a strong offer. I would still say it's not time to play a game. If you're willing to go in and maybe 10 under asking, just go in with your final invest and and, and draw the line in the sand. And then let the seller in this world, in this market, let the seller come back to you when they realize they're overpriced. Because I promise you when they come on at these prices and they're on for one minute, even though you know it's overpriced, your agent knows it's overpriced, clearly the seller doesn't or they wouldn't have started there. So you want to make yourself known and be in the picture, I call it almost like sloppy seconds, you know, hanging around that rim, waiting for the rebound. Um, Absolutely. Again, fire you more. What I was going to say is like, if you had a house in the same market six months ago, selling for 700, you don't go and list at 700. You list under that, right? Just to be able to get what you want. Is that is that kind of like a pricing strategy? Yeah. And it's, that's what I, it was the peak behind the curtains. So when I go on my listing appointments now, instead of just taking any number, they tell me because they know what their neighbor does. What I try to explain in the story, I tell I tell agents as well. So if you guys want the peak behind the curtain, here's what was happening 12 months ago. I would list something for $600,000, right? And then within the first two days, I would, let's call it 12 offers I had, right, Eric? Most of them were between 625 and 650, say. Right at the end of the last, the, the last 
10 minutes. Somebody came through, they offered me 700. They waived the home inspection. They waived the mortgage contingency and they they waived the appraisal say. The appraisal might've come in at 650, meaning the bank only thinks it's worth 650. But if this guy's coming to the table with more money, it doesn't matter. So he gets the house for 700. Now the neighbor with the same exact house says, he got seven, I want seven. Well, you can't start where he started. If you want what your neighbor got, you almost have to start where they started. Go back to that low sixes because that's where all the buyers were. There was only the one though. And just so you know, that last guy who maybe only offered 650, well, that was the 10th house he just lost. So now next time he might actually go up another 10, 20. Do you see what I'm saying? A lot of times when I would get offers on my new listings for asking or below, I knew that was the buyer's very first offer because they didn't understand how the game worked. Now the game has shifted a little bit, still yep. strategy. And if you price it too high in this market, the way the best visual, Eric, is imagine an escalator. Now we've been on an upward escalator. You blink and the price goes up. That's I call it twiddle your thumb equity is what these sellers were getting. But now we're going down. So the reverse mindset happens with these when you're doing a pricing strategy for your seller. You price too high, you're going to end up chasing that market all the way down to Filene's basement. That's why pricing, getting ahead of it. And if you need to, to price break, you got to do it sooner rather than later. Ah, perfect tips. So, so I see your face on the back of buses uh, all over the South Shore. Um, so, I had a question for you for these these uh, towns that your your face is uh, driving through. Which yeah. which towns are uh, which towns do you think are the hottest towns, and which towns do you think might be the coolest towns, or or is there such a thing right now? I don't know that I would call it a cool town. What I would say is again, um, well, again, with people going back to work. One phenomenon we're definitely seeing, you started to lose that discount for, you know, the further south you would go. Like I focus mostly from the city all the way down to like the end of Plymouth. They're all South Shore, that part. And I will tell you before, you almost got a discount by being in one of these more Southern, like a Halifax, say, or a town that was harder to get to the city. You're almost getting that discount for. We've seen those prices go up because everybody's commute was the same. It was from the bedroom to the bathroom, to the kitchen, to the living room, to the office. You know what I mean? You're all in the same house. So there wasn't really, but what we're seeing now, those prices are starting to reflect again. So the closer to the city you are with the transportation and the ease of getting there at the commute, you're paying a, a premium for there. So your Quincy's and your Braintree's, that's where the, we're starting to see those prices really squeezed hard because it's so easy to get to the city. As you back down and you come further south, that's where you start getting a little bit more, say, bang for your buck. So you're going to get that fourth bedroom, but it's going to cost you another half an hour in a commute each way. Yep, absolutely. So what do you, where do you think the market's going to go in the next six to 12 months? What do, you, what do you see next year? I mean, here's the thing. When people talk about the crash, it, 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 make, it makes me cringe because when the market crashed last time, there were about 48,000 homes on the market in Massachusetts. Okay. So here's to give you some perspective. As of right now, we're looking at maybe about 5,500, 100, not thousand, 5,500. So we're missing a zero is what we're missing from last time. And through the pandemic, for the most part, every day I was going on the market, there were 2,000, 3,000 homes. Now on any given moment, there could be five, six, 7,000 under agreement, which means we've been just playing this huge game of Pac-Man. One mm -hmm. on the market, you know what I mean? Every time something comes on the market, it's just gone. You know, so what I see now is basically it was a seesaw with an elephant on one end and a canary on the other. Do you know what I mean? It was just so yeah. crazy. Now, I think as the prices, I mean, the rates have jumped. I think they're going to calm down as well. Is it is our prices still? It's it's affordability. Do you know what I mean? It is a good time. And if, if the prices are, are you can afford it, 
but the rates are high. Don't worry about the rates. Refinance in the future. You know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You never buy, not buy or sell a house because of a rate. Do you know what I mean? But um, I do see inventory continue to creep up, which means just, again, that whole supply demand. It can't crash because I don't see another 20,000, 30,000 homes coming on the market anytime soon. But what's going to happen is it's going to be a little bit more of a balance where here's the thing, Eric, we haven't seen agents negotiate. I've actually negotiated more for furniture in these properties than the properties I've had to negotiate for. And I forgot how fun it is to negotiate. So what we're going to start seeing is a lot more not, I mean, sellers just had whatever they said went. And mm -hmm. what I'm seeing now, it's not a buyer's market yet. It is still a seller's market, but it's a seller's market where the buyers are getting a lot of leverage back. They're having more, they're asking for more at a home inspection, not too much, but just enough. Yeah. They're, they're having the home inspection. I mean, when have we seen that? Oh, crazy having a home inspection. Who would have ever thought that? You'd I know. God forbid in Massachusetts yeah. where the houses were built in the 1800s, we check the uh, the sills. Yeah. <laughs> what? What do you mean I need to check the foundation? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so you, made a, you, you made a good comment about how, you know, the buyers are starting to get a little bit more leverage back, but it's still a seller's market. And you mentioned that there was about 5,500 homes. So we're, we're still under the 6,000 mark. What time, at what point or how many listings do you think we need on the market for it to actually be a true buyer's market? Are we, how far away are we from that? I mean, what I try to tell, it was tricky to be, I mean, were the prices amazing like in the last couple of years? Yes, but it was still tricky to be a seller and a buyer at the same time. Like someone was selling a house to buy a house. It was almost still a little tricky then because it was harder for them to get their offer accepted with that home sale contingency, right? What I'm seeing now, I would say the next six to nine months. And again, I don't have the crystal ball. I just have my, just from being in the market. I feel the next six to nine months is a great time for those sellers to still get top dollar, not the tippy tippy top dollar, but good, good money in a seller's market and then still be able to get their offer accepted on the other side because of that buyer leverage. I mean, the buyer, it's, we still have a ways to go, Eric, to get this inventory up. And it, what it comes down to is like, kind of like how much time do you have? Um, you know, what is it like lag time? Do you know, do I see a buyer's market coming back? I mean, everything's cyclical. Yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely, I mean, all next year is still going to be inventory catching up, I believe, you know, and then I see as the, if, if, if the rates do calm back down a little bit, that's going to push more buyers back into see what it comes down to, too, for these agents. The business is out there. There are a lot of people on the sidelines that are not getting their information from the correct places. And so they're sitting idle. I have a few deals right now that are the only reason they happened is because I reached out. I have one that they're so happy they're on their way now and they literally weren't going to sell because their dentist told them it was a bad market. Like, yeah. skate your lane, guys. I'm in real estate. I'll give the, you know, I won't give out candy to little kids. Just let me do the real estate industry report. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that with parents too. Um, you know, I had a, I had a, a, a young girl and, uh, and young man drop out of a deal just because the parents looked at the property and started talking bad about it. And I'm like, your parents aren't a real estate agent. They're not a home inspector and, and they're not a, um, they're not a mortgage guy. They, they literally don't know what they're talking about. You're taking, you're, you're taking advice from a mechanic and, uh, an accountant, you know, you shouldn't be doing that when you're buying. Um, and, and that's tough to, that's tough to say to, um, to somebody because, you know, you trust your parents so much. Um, but your parents also bought their house 30 years ago when it was completely, right. 
different they're process. What, but what helps there and, and the advice I give to, to newer agents, because I, I learned the hard way. And again, a lot of the information and the, it, I'm able to share is because I learned it the hard way. So you're welcome. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, again, understanding what so what I usually do is it's called preemptively striking. Right. So I yeah. I joke with my sellers and I say, look, just so you know, the second now that we're signing this up, now that everybody knows you're selling your house and you have an agent, just, you know, I will become the dumbest in the room. Everybody will now know more about my job than myself. And I had this conversation once with a girl at a condo and I said, look, everyone's going to know more than me, but we came up with our strategy. Perfect. The very next day I'm over there. We just done the pictures. And she says to me, yeah. So I ran into my neighbor, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling him he thinks we might be pricing it really low or whatever he said, you know, and all I had to do, I just looked at her and this is all I did, Eric. And she just started <laughs> laughing and she goes, you said that was going to happen. And that's all I had to say. No. Now, had I not preemptively struck in or stricken or whatever the word is, you know what I mean? Then that would have been like a, now it would have been a whole new conversation, but we're able to kind of laugh it off because I already knew that was going to happen. Absolutely. You know, same thing, same thing when this market started and I knew we started seeing 10 offers was the normal. Well, how many sellers, if you didn't have that conversation, were like, well, if I have $50,000 over asking today, just imagine what I'm going to get next week. No, 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 no. And they would want to wait and see that thinking the offers were going to keep and it just doesn't work that way. But if you didn't let them know that, then that was going to be a tough, frustrating conversation for you after the fact, once they got the taste of the 50,000 over. Whereas I had it to the point where, so it was funny because I had, an agent hadn't done that. And she was having that exact conversation, getting very frustrated. Her sellers weren't taking anything because they got 50 over. They want 60. If they think it's going to be an auction that just keeps going into perpetuity. Whereas yeah. I already explained how it was going to work with my sales. And when they were ready to shut down the showings because they got that 75 over with no contingencies and they were ready to, to lock it up before they lost it. So it's up to us to educate the mindset of the consumers because the news isn't giving you the right information. And like you said, their cousin Larry from Kentucky who bought a house in 1987 doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> So if somebody wants to get in touch with you and has real estate questions about selling or buying, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, tell everybody out there um, what's the best way to get in touch with Dakota Riley. Yeah, my phone is always on me. I'm 781-883-7980. You can always email me dakota at kw.com. And you can really find me on Facebook. We have a lot of fun on Facebook, a lot of information, a lot of informative stuff, business stuff. We have a lot of fun in uh and uh, you've seen some of our, our, our videos and things like that. So that you can just look me up at Dakota Riley uh, right on Facebook. Friend me and, um, and we'll get that going. But I can always do messages and things like that. So, yeah, anything real estate, we, uh, we love it. Perfect. You heard it there. If you have questions about real estate, reach out to, to uh, Dakota Riley. Questions about mortgages, Eric Clay.